Trevor, we're clear. friends and welcome to this week's episode of the florida project the podcast where disney fans celebrate walt disney world if you like disney and you like podcasts you will probably like the florida project i'm jason across from me as well what's happening with the way you're saying florida the florida project? florida <laughs> i'm what? switching it up okay fine so people don't people might think it's recorded it's not recorded it's not recorded. well it, it is recorded well yeah yeah uh, and there's Michael. I'll clean you up and post. Okay. If you'd like to support the show, get access to some awesome bonus content, get some cool real world stuff, and even chat with us when you're bored at work, become one of our Patreon saints at patreon.com slash TFP podcast. Michael's actually going to put in an older episode version of the intro mm-hmm. to this one. Three uh, dudes talk mostly about Walt Disney World. Episode 317. Each week on TFP Extra, Extra. we keep the podcast train rolling with more zany fun, the airing of grievances in a topic that may or may not be Disney related. If you're a fan of the nonsense parts of the Florida Project, you will love TFP Extra. Extra. In addition to TFP Extra, our Patreon saints get access to our ongoing Disney Classics series where we discuss each of Disney's animated classic films. Uh, Our next animated classic will be uh, this month. And the movie is entitled Atlantis, The Lost Empire. You just turned into Pert Happily a little <laughs> bit. Just a little bit. Well, I, I got into that sentence and couldn't, I know. I've couldn't been get there. out. Uh, Patreons who contribute just $5 get the additional shows and an invite to the TFP Slack channel. There you can chat with us, participate in watch-alongs, and engage in fun, freewheeling discussions. It's like a nonstop episode of TFP Extra. Extra. Additional levels and rewards are all on the Patreon site, so sign up at patreon.com slash TFP podcast today and get more of The Florida Project. In this episode, we'll discuss some nonsense and small topics. Michael will give us the latest news. Will will take us on a trip down Main Tweet USA, and then we'll shine our attraction spotlight on another opening day attraction at Disneyland and Walt Disney World, the beloved Mr. Toad's Wild Ride. All that and much more is coming up on this week's episode of The Florida Project. It's a small topic. After all, it's a small topic. After all, Topic. Small topics. All right. Uh, today's small topics are brought to you by the number 71, as in 1971, the opening day of Walt Disney World year. <laughs> Got it. Thank you. That's clever. All right. Here we go. If you had to ride one opening day attraction 71 times in a row, which would you choose? As a reminder, the opening day attractions that I'm counting are Country Bears, Dumbo, The Shootin' Arcade, Hall of Presidents, Haunted Mansion, Small World, Jungle Cruise, Mad Tea Party, Peter Flan's Flight, Carousel, Snow White Scary Adventure, The Swiss Family Treehouse, Tomorrowland Speedway, The Railroad, and The Tiki Room. What about Mr. Toad's Wild Ride? Oh yeah, look at that. 
It's not in here. <laughs> are the Miss, swan boats? Mr. Toad's wild Nobody ride. wants your swan boats. That's get out what of I here. was going to pick because they'll never get to ride them Fine. again. <laughs> the swan boats, too. <laughs> Mr. Toad's wild ride. I don't know why I'm typing it in here. Yeah, I know. <laughs> and the swan, swan boats. Swan boats. Michael? Yeah, I'm going with the swan boats because <laughs> they'll never exist again. So 71 times? Sure. You Good. don't know how long that ride took either. That's right. I'll what have... if it was as long and boring as that Discovery River cruise? I'll have my AirPods. I'll listen to some podcasts. And back in those days, they made long rides. Like, wasn't there a movie about aviation for 75 minutes? Oh, no. I think you have to do it in the time period. No phone, no AirPods, probably no roof or sun protection either. Well, the boat had a roof. Okay. Of swans. (laughs) (laughs) It was a flock of swans. I'll still go with the swan boat just because it's such a, it's one of those things that, I understand. I don't know what the word is. Yeah. You know what I mean? I do. Yeah. I, I, I would like to say that, but I'm going a very different way. But still flying Peter Pan's <laughs> flight. Yeah, I'm going Peter Pan's flight, too. I think it would be delightful and whimsical all day long. Well, yeah. and, and it's like a little over an hour. I it's mean, inside. Yep. And it's three minutes. So you get done the fastest. But it's exactly the same then as it is now. So what's the... No, wasn't it worse back then? <laughs> Probably was worse back then. Haven't they added new things? But it's still about the same. They've had a little bit, but it's mostly the same. But it's still the same music, same delightful main pieces you got there. My second choice is going to be Dumbo, just because I really like Dumbo, and it's delightful, and it's a nice view of the Magic Kingdom and everything. And back then, it was in a different spot. Exactly. You're right in the middle of the action. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know what? I'm changing my to Dumbo. If you're going to go with Peter Pan's flight, I'm going to put on a hat and uh, one of those floppy hats so I don't get sunburnt. Uh-huh. I'm going to ride uh, Dumbo for 71 times. I think that'd be fun. Yeah. Or maybe I would also consider the Haunted Mansion for that. That's all day, though. Yeah, that's all, that's that all. air blast. Mm-hmm. And if you're in there that long, your eyes will really adjust to the dark and you'll be able to see everything. Yeah. You don't want to get tired of it, though. That's the thing, yeah. too. Yeah, if I get tired of mine, I don't have to worry because it'll never be there again. Because <laughs> they sunk them into the bottom of the moat. Yeah. And for that reason, too, I guess if I didn't go with the swan boats, I'd probably do Mr. Toad for a similar reason. Yeah. Mm-hmm. and Because there's two sides, so I could split it in half and do half the uh, half the rides on one side and the other half on the other side. Yeah. yeah. All right. What Walt Disney World food would you be able to eat for 71 days in a row? Popcorn. Yeah, okay. I think that's enough said for me. Yeah. Easy. Michael? Uh, The Caesar salad from Steakhouse 71. That's a lot of Caesar salad. (laughs) That's a a lot of popcorn. Once a day. I mean, I can just have a couple of bites of popcorn. But that Caesar salad wasn't that big. It was just cool. You would be like uh, that councilman on Parks and Rec. (laughs) Jam? A Caesar salad, extra croutons, extra dressing. Oh, Every day. Was that the old man? Yeah. And it wasn't jam? No, it wasn't jam. Yeah. Um, I would go with probably those corn dogs. Love a good corn dog. Yeah. I, I'd have uh, a corn dog for lunch and a salad for dinner. Every day? Man, every day. Just seems kind of sad. Though. Or a soup. There's also all that stuff at Epcot, too, that would count. Yeah. Oh, wait, it wasn't there in 1971. Yeah. Does that count? Yeah. Well, counts. I sure. Oh. Anything at Walt Disney World. Yeah. A sushi donut? Coffee. Mm, sushi donut every day would be good. I would have the coffee every day. <laughs> no, it has to be food. Yeah. All yeah. right. 
Uh, if your house was being renovated and you had to stay at a Disney resort for 71 days while still going about your normal life, which one would you choose? You're not going to Disney every day. You're working. You got to go to the grocery store, sure. the Target to get your underwear uh-huh. or whatever. Where do you live? How many times you got to go get underwear? <laughs> 71 times. You buy them one pair at a time. You know you can wash them. <laughs> yeah. What? I know. Well, not yours. I <laughs> we just have a big pile of used underwear in the backyard. <laughs> you know what? I'm just gonna <laughs> just gonna move on from that. Um, yeah. Where would you? Which resort would you want to live at? You're living in a resort, but you're going about your everyday life. Oh, you choose one of the resorts. Yeah. Like I have two answers. Okay. One is kind of cheating. The treehouse villas. Because they're just kind of like little houses, like little townhomes. Yeah. So that's cheating. I it's don't, not cheating. Well, I really don't think that because it takes a while to get in and out of that place. Yeah. Transportation uh, is tricky. What else? Can I use cast member roads? I mean, is, are there any just, there are just specific? The reason mm-hmm. I say that is I think there's a way to go cast member wise past the contemporary. No, you can't I, do that. What if I get a badge? No, you don't have a, you're, you're going about your, you Wait, have where, your, where, where are you trying to go? You have your current work badge. North. <laughs> to where? To like those other grocery stores and up that uh, way. Uh, I don't them. think you need a cast member badge for that. Okay. Yeah. Well, I want to go that way. So I'm saying at the contemporary, just cause it's a nice hotel and it's got a great view and big, big rooms. Mm-hmm. I think I could stay there. Um, and as long as I got a hot plate and a coffee maker, I'm fine. <laughs> I can figure it out. Yeah, I was so. going to go to the Polynesian for similar reasons. The rooms are bigger than the standard rooms at the newer hotels. Right. But also, there's just, um, it's so lush that I feel like I could work there. It would be peaceful. I'm going to be hot wherever I am, so sure. even though it's hot there, at least there's a, a lake breeze. I thought about the poly, but I feel like if I wanted to go grab a bite or something, like at the quick serve, it can sometimes take too long to walk to the great ceremonial house. It's true. Though you can get... um. Ohana room service. Oh yeah, room service. Man, I am wealthy too. By the way, Stay Ohana seventy one days in a row. <laughs> I think you have a. I think you have a transportation issue at Ohana too. Why? Because or not at all at, at the, the poly. poly. Yeah, their lack of parking is an issue. Yeah, there's parking, and then getting in and out of it's the not, Magic Kingdom resorts is not easy. Contemporary is not bad because it's that one straight shot. And you don't have to go near the mat. You don't have to go in front of the ticket and transportation center. Yeah. So like you can cut through on that Fort Wilderness road and get and take a right to get up to the contemporary fairly quickly. There's only like one light in between there. And that's coming from the Port Orleans side and like the like past there. Like, yeah. You know, which gets out to the main roads and stuff. Yeah. What did you go with? Polynesian. I think I'd probably go with Coronado or or Port Orleans. Something that's spread out. The rooms are pretty big. Um, uh, does Coronado, is that tower, is that DBC? No. 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 Um, those rooms are big though. Yeah. So one of those because I feel like that was convenient to everything. Yeah, it was. Yeah. Ooh, I'm also taking the garden wing at the contemporary, actually. Mm. So just a water view, and I could see that stupid electrical water pageant every night. Oh, you can hear it too. I certainly could. <laughs> I apologize. It's not stupid. 
Magical. It is magical. That's the word you're looking it's for. It's the most magical chicken wire and Christmas lights I have ever seen. Oh, it probably is. Coming out of a 1980s boombox speaker. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I don't feel that way. It's fine. It was just a disappointment when it was built up. <laughs> That's all. Who built it up? I don't even remember. Was it me? Uh, no, I don't think so. It was before you. Um, but yeah, it's fine. <laughs> but it's not that magical. And that's it for small topics. Thanks, Jason. Those are some small topics. 71 years in the make. I mean, 50 years in the making. <laughs> <laughs> news. So here are three news items to discuss this week about Walt Disney World. And like I teased last week, number one, it's the holidays at Walt Disney World. Yay! You left a pause there. Sorry. I didn't know if you wanted us to say something. It was oddly silent. It was. That's on you, though. <laughs> well, holiday decorations have been up at Walt Disney World since early November, with some even in October, but there are still some new holiday decorations and experiences that have appeared in the last week or so. And while there isn't as much in the way of decorations and or experiences as there were in prior years, there's still a lot to enjoy for the holidays throughout the resort. So over at Epcot, the Festival of the Holidays is in full swing, and there have also been some additions to the park's holiday decorations and experiences. The points of light on Spaceship Earth have been a highlight for many since they debuted for the 50th anniversary celebration, and they are now part of Epcot's holidays with a new holiday-inspired sequence performing each night during the season. Playing approximately every 10 minutes from sunset, the almost 2,000 LED lighting modules produce falling snowflakes in colorful patterns, including a nod to the long-gone Lights of Winter arches in an impressive holiday sequence. Have you guys seen this on YouTube? I've not. I don't. I vowed not to because they don't. The videos don't do those lights at uh, Spaceship Earth justice. But you should go to Epcot during the holiday season so you I can see them. I don't plan on it. Let's go now. Well, then you should watch it on YouTube if we're never right. going to go during the holidays. Thanks for listening. <laughs> we will see you real soon. Well, also at Epcot. Man, one day, we're going to do it. We're just, just going to close our computers and, and drive go. down there. Mm-hmm. We Michael's should record earlier. It's, it's late. <laughs> it is late. I mean, not for Michael, but yeah, he'll well, drive. If we left now, we'd be there around the time I'd probably go to bed anyway. And that would be just convenient for you. Yeah. Because get in and we'd all go to bed. <laughs> yeah. It'd be great. I mean, Jason and I would have been asleep for a couple hours yeah. in the car. And, you know, when you get in, you're too excited to go straight away to sleep. Oh, I can go straight away to sleep if it's two o'clock in the morning. No, I got I to gotta turn on that resort TV channel with the music. Oh, the bright blue. <laughs> <laughs> Well, also at Epcot, new holiday decor has been added to the expanded France Pavilion and Remy's Ratatouille Adventure. And over at the American Adventure Pavilion, Santa Claus is back for meet and greets after missing last year due to the pandemic, though he did appear in a cavalcade. Photopass photographers are available, and as with other Walt Disney World meet and greets, barriers are in place to maintain some physical distancing. Santa is located to the right of the pavilion near the gift shop. And Santa Claus will be meeting guests through December 24th, uh, 2021 daily, starting at 11.45 a.m. each day. They should put him behind one of those glass partitions and you have to pick up a phone, like <laughs> like in a jail on a TV show. <laughs> what do you want for Christmas, kid? Or like the Pope Mobile. Yeah. They still have the Pope Mobile? I don't know. Yeah. Okay. Good. And... You know, it's probably kind of like Air Force One, where any any car that the Pope's in is the Pope Mobile. Oh, yeah, cool. That's <laughs> that's what I would say if I were the Pope. Yeah, and actually, I would say that as the president too. 
Well, looks like this Waffle House is now Air Force <laughs> Waffle Force, whatever. Oh yeah, Waffle Force One. This is the official restaurant of the President of the United States. I would be drunk with power, especially if I were the official bar of the President. <laughs> TGI Fridays. Oh God, no! That's Will's favorite bar. Ugh. It could be worse. Applebee's. Well, if you're lucky, you might see the uh, Pope on a. A flotilla at Disney's Animal Kingdom because really? there's new festive flotillas. I don't believe you're going to see the Pope, though. But you could. Oh. Okay. Well, time to go. There's another reason to pack it up. We got to go see the Pope at Disney's Animal Kingdom. <laughs> For now, at least, there is a Santa Claus along with a festive soundtrack. And this flotilla looks a bit like a large sleigh. There's one with Mickey, Minnie, and Pluto who are celebrating both the holidays and Walt Disney World's 50th anniversary. And there's one with Donald, Daisy, and Launchpad McQuack celebrating both the holidays and Donald's Dino Bash. Huh. Launchpad. So, okay. It looks like they converted the water cavalcades to holiday cavalcades, but they mm. call them flotillas. Cool. Number two, Remy's Ratatouille Adventure added to extended evening hours at Epcot. As we discussed earlier in the year, guests staying at one of the Disney Deluxe or Deluxe Villa Resort hotels will be able to take part in the extended evening hours at the Magic Kingdom and or Epcot. Disney's Animal Kingdom and Disney's Hollywood Studios have not yet been added to extended evening hours. During the extended evening theme park hours, which occur for two hours following the park's scheduled closing time on scheduled nights, select merchandise and food and beverage locations will be available as well as select attractions. And most of the attractions at the Magic Kingdom and at Epcot are open. And now, Remy's Ratatouille Adventure at the France Pavilion at Epcot has now been added to that list of attractions that will be available. So if you don't want to deal with a virtual queue or purchase an individual Lightning Lane Pass for this attraction, you can wait until one of the nights with extended evening hours to experience the attraction. Though I suspect many will have that same plan as well. So far, this does not appear to be the case for early morning extended hours, at least not yet. And... If you remember, early morning extended hours are open to all Disney hotel guests 30 minutes prior to the park opening. Note that guests will still need a valid ticket or pass and a theme park reservation for the same park on the same day to experience both the early theme park entry and the extended evening hours. Or guests may visit with a ticket or annual pass with the park hopper option as long as they entered their first park when they made their reservation earlier in the day. So, that's cool. It seems quick that they added Remy to the... Evening hours, because I don't think uh, Rise of Resistance ever got added, did it? Mm-mm. Before the... I mean, it wasn't open that long before the pandemic, but... No, I don't think yeah, so. They probably had to clear it out. Like, they couldn't get anybody else in the evening hours. Maybe, yeah. And, you know, it has issues. Yeah. <laughs> staying open, so... And I understand why. <laughs> Well, one of the people we can thank for Remy's Ratatouille Adventure and Star Wars Rise of Resistance is Bob Iger. But, Thanks, Bob Iger. Oh, but, thank you, Bob Iger. I, was, I don't know why I said it the other way. That's weird. And cue the cannons, because number three, Bob Iger is leaving the Walt Disney Company at the end of 2021. Yeah, I'll believe it when I see it. He keeps saying it. Yeah, did. we've heard this before. Oh, I'm no longer CEO. I'm chairman. I'm chairman emeritus. I'm Although to be fair, admiral of the flotillas of the Disney's animals. <laughs> I'm no longer CEO. This guy's going to do it. Uh oh. Giant, uh, pandemic. I'll, I'll, guys, don't worry about it. I'll, yeah. I'm still. I'll, here. I'll look over his shoulder. I'm still here. We got him. We set up a little desk right outside my office for him. <laughs> <laughs> He's on hourly now. We have one of those computers that you can type on, and it looks like he's typing things. Mm-hmm. 
Well, Bob Iger will leave the Walt Disney Company at the end of the year after a near 50-year-long career. He shared a message with Disney employees, and I've parsed out some of it to share. Quote, My fellow employees and cast members, as my time at the Walt Disney Company comes to a close, I write to thank all of you for what has been a thrilling and immensely gratifying 47 and a half years. I have enormous pride in what we have accomplished, and transforming Disney into one of the world's most admired companies is at the top of my list. We did this by producing the finest in content and experiences, embracing cutting-edge technologies, and expanding our presence around the world. Nothing has been more important to me than imparting and applying the highest standards of quality and integrity when it comes to our people and everything we create. We've also endeavored to tell stories that reflect the rich diversity of our world, nurturing a multitude of perspectives both in front of and behind the camera, and I am certain our continued work in this area will remain a top priority. Given the abundance of consequential change in our world today and the timeless desire for human connection, I am confident the need for great storytelling will endure for generations to come, enhanced by new technologies that will bring these tales to life and deliver them to people around the globe in even more extraordinary ways. As the world continues to evolve and transform, we will always gravitate to stories that bind us together, tales of adventure, love, friendship, and heroism, tales that enable us to escape, that comfort and inspire us, that give us hope and reason to be optimistic, tales that inform us, and of course, touch our hearts. I can't think of a more exciting time to be in our business. My one lasting appeal to everyone is to make sure you always keep the creative fires burning. Nothing has or will serve us better than the exceptional creativity that comes from talented cast members and everyone involved in the creative process. I will forever have a deep and very personal appreciation and respect for all of them. Most important, never lose sight of what makes the Walt Disney Company such an incredible, special place. Our unique culture, marked by a shared sense of belonging, joy, camaraderie, and the pride that comes with doing what we do, and that is bringing people from different generations, ethnicities, and backgrounds together with our exceptional storytelling. As I sail off into the sunset, I will remember these poignant words, The past is a lantern on the stern of a boat, shedding light on the waters we have sailed together. I thank you all and wish you smooth waters ahead. Bob. Bob. And that is it for news. Thanks, Michael. That was an inspiring end to the news. Tweet. All right, this week main tweet USA is going to take us to Disneyland again. Yeah, I love Disneyland. Me too. And you'll love it even more now because Disney Genie has launched at Disneyland Resort today. Woohoo! And there were some issues, but you know, <laughs> like you know, I'm shocked it didn't happen at Walt Disney World. Quite frankly, on the yeah. first day. Um, so just, uh, it is a little bit different at Disneyland, uh, with it comes lightning lane, the replacement for fast pass and max pass lightning lane access is available for most attractions with a $20 purchase of genie plus $20 price. Uh, but lightning lane access to three of the most popular attractions is only available as individual purchases. So individual lightning lane access would vary from $7 to $20, depending on the attraction and the day. On the first day of Disney Genie, Wednesday, December 8th, as we record, Lightning Lane for Web Slingers, a Spider-Man adventure, is going for $7. And Lightning Lane access for Radiator Springs Racers is also $7. A steal, I think. Mm -hmm. Meanwhile, at Disneyland Park, Star Wars Rise of the Resistance is on the high end of pricing at $20, but it will not go above $20. Asterisk. 
currently. <laughs> it will not today. <laughs> yes. Because, spoiler, they also had so many problems, they just quit selling Genie Plus today. We'll try again tomorrow. I think yeah. there was a lot of refunding, too. Yeah, they gave out a lot of papers and uh, paper fast passes, and, you know, it was a problem. However, um, unlike at Walt Disney World, guests may only purchase the next available Lightning Lane time frame instead of choosing from any during the day. Mm. Guests may only purchase two individual Lightning Lane selections per day, which means it's impossible to purchase all three. Those with a park hopper, however, may purchase both Star Wars, Rise of the Resistance, and one of the two Disney California Adventure attractions. PhotoPass downloads are included with Genie Plus purchases at Disneyland, but AR filters are not, which I don't know that that's a big selling point, but I couldn't say because I haven't tried it. I bet it is for Disneyland people. Well, then they can't have it. (laughs) Uh, guests will not be able to book uh, return times for individual Lightning Lane access or Genie Plus reservations until they physically enter the park. So that's different, right? Yes. Um, we now know that tax is included in Genie Plus and Lightning Lane prices instead of being added on when purchasing like at Walt Disney World. So that's neat. Mm-hmm. I think they should do that at Walt Disney World to build that in. Yeah, they uh, probably learned from Yeah, <laughs> There's oh, some criticism. Oh, it's $7. It's eight forty-five. Actually, um, <laughs> just letting you. Well, I've already gone this far. I might as well. All right. Um, so it is a little different, but I, you know, mainly the same. Yeah, I'm excited to try it. We'll be there in uh, late January, and I don't think we'll have used the Walt Disney World version prior to that. So this will be our first experience. I plan on trying some of Genie Plus or Lightning Lane Access individual in, on Marathon Weekend at Walt Disney World. So I'll, okay, I'll let you, you know. Yeah, you can talk about it. Yeah, so anyway, that's it for Main Tweet USA. Thanks, Will. That was a great trip down Disneyland's Main Tweet USA. Until all the refunds. Well, yeah. You know, I'm sure it was still a great trip. I'd have a good time today. Yeah. Oh, no, my Lightning Lane is oh, still <laughs> in Disneyland. You're fine. Yeah. Today's topic is Attraction Spotlight, Mr. Toad's Wild Ride. Uh, So, as our series that we started at some point and have done some number of (laughs) entries into. One. One. We uh, thought that it would be a fun way to celebrate the 50th anniversary by shining the attraction spotlight on some of the opening day attractions. So, uh, Mr. Toad's Wild Ride is a theme park attraction and dark ride at Disneyland Park in Anaheim, California. It is loosely based on Disney's adaptation of Kenneth Graham's The Wind in the Willows, uh, one of the two segments comprising the animated package film The Adventures of Ichabod and Mr. Toad. The ride is one of the few remaining attractions operational since the park's opening in July of 1955, although the current iteration of the ride opened in 1983. Mr. Toad's Wild Ride is located in Fantasyland, and a variation of the attraction also existed at Walt Disney World's Magic Kingdom in Orlando, Florida, from the park's opening in 1971 until it was usurped by a bear who loves honey <laughs> in 1998. So hungry. All the time. Yes. So uh, Will and Michael are going to talk about it. Take us through it. All right. Get into it. So, Jason, you never wrote it, right? The Magic Kingdom? Not at Magic Kingdom. Yeah. You no. were you're too old, young. Well, I mean, you know, when you started going to Disney World. Yeah, I don't think I think my first trip to Disney World was in ninety eight. So yeah. 
Well, you may have just missed it. Yeah. This is one of those rides of, there are three rides that define my childhood, I would say. <laughs> Mr. Toad's Wild Ride, 20,000 Leagues Under the Sea, and Journey into Imagination. Mm. Those make me think of the 1980s and going to Disney World more than anything else. So Michael picked this one today, actually. Mm-hmm. So good for you, Michael. Uh, let's talk about some background, shall we? Yeah. All right. Mr. Toad first appeared in a lesser-known Disney film in the 40s, actually is a protagonist in just one half of a double feature, the aforementioned Adventures of Ichabod and Mr. Toad in 1949. The two-part movie lasted just over an hour, with Mr. Toad only appearing in the first half of the film, arguably the worst half of the film. (laughs) Right. Yet, out of the two parts of the picture, Mr. Toad's segment is the best remembered by many, but not us, due to its (laughs) exciting mayhem and fun and quirky characters, especially Toad himself. And though you'll find our thoughts uh, were very different in our animated Disney classics episode number two, The Adventures of Ichabod and Mr. Toad. In that episode, we go in depth into the development of that film and our thoughts on the two segments. Disney-based Toad's part of the animated feature off the classic children's story, The Wind in the Willows. The book details the adventures of various animals living in the English countryside, most notably mischievous daredevil Toad. (laughs) His wastrel habits. Was that a word? I would think it would be a wastrel, but I don't know. Disney Wiki, am I right? Yeah, I've never heard that word. Um, and thirst for excitement leads him into constant danger, and a big part of the plot stems from his desire to drive a motor car and the trouble he gets into when he drives a stolen car. In any variation of the attraction, guests assume the role of the titular Mr. Toad, recklessly careening through the English countryside and streets of London in a period motor car before ultimately meeting demise in a railway tunnel and ending up in a tongue-in-cheek depiction of hell. (laughs) The ride's ending has no significance to the events of either the animated film or the original novel, which is insane. (laughs) Boy, I tell you, when we rounded the corner and went into hell... You can't was, get prepared for that. Really. Yeah, I, I had no idea that was coming, one. Yeah. And two, it made me just go, are we really in hell? One, uh-huh. this is a Disney ride. Why do people love this so much? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I can see all that. But, you know, when, when I wrote it again at Disneyland in 2005, it was just, oh, look, hell. <laughs> I remember this. Yeah. It, yeah, it was a different time. Yeah. It was a weird time. It was a weird time. The seventies, well, and in Disney World were definitely weird. Scary adventures and well, talk to Walt. He loved this stuff in the fifties, man. Yep. Um I think the Monsters Inc. thing was based off of him. He was screams <laughs> for energy. <laughs> yeah. Originally envisioned uh, as a roller coaster, Mr. Toad's Wild Ride was realized as a dark ride because Walt Disney felt as though a roller coaster might not have been appropriate for young children and the elderly. Corey Burton performs every voice in the curtain version of the attraction, except for usage of audio from the film. So let's talk about Disneyland's first, since it was open first, obviously. And it's the one we've most recently. Yeah. And the only one still running. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Ironically, despite Toad's motor car escapade being the source of his troubles, we never actually see him drive a car in the film. But in Mr. Toad's Wild Ride, you could experience Toad's wacky vehicle escapades for yourself. In fact, the Disneyland ride takes you throughout Toad's many adventures in the movie and more. The original version opened at Disneyland uh, in 1955 as one of the park's opening attractions, like we said. Though this first ride was the shortest and least detailed, it still left a mark on many riders and encouraged Disney to make upgraded versions. You started out the ride by busting through Toad's elegant family estate, veering through the mansion's halls before careening out into the countryside. After that, riders passed... 
at a frantic pace through first humble villages and then London itself. Then following a harrowing escape from a warehouse filled with dynamite, as one does, yeah. you get caught up in a chase with the police and encounter a train, which is awesome. Um, I have a nightmare from my childhood from that no offense. show scene. That's awesome. Yeah. Uh, a train, kind of like in the movie, but that wasn't all. Just when you thought you were safe, it turned out you were now in literal hell with devils pointing pitchforks at you. But not as intense as a roller coaster, Mr. Toad's crazy annex set it apart from other dark rides at the time. Also, let's just be clear. You go to hell, and then the ride is over. <laughs> yeah, because you you get hit by the train and die. Yeah, and then you go back on And then you don't land. even get to go to the good place. You go to hell. <laughs> yeah, it's weird that my nightmare, like it, it was, like Will said, Mr. Toad's Wild Ride was a big part of my Disney childhood. Um, but for a good period of time, I was traumatized by being run over by the train. Yeah. Which really is just a light, a light bulb coming at you. Yeah. <laughs> but still. But not the hell part. But not the hell part. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I didn't have a problem with the hell part as a kid. I was just getting run over by that train. And then it's over. <laughs> like Abruptly. Here, let's go out into fantasy land, kids. Hope you enjoyed your ride. <laughs> anyway. The very first iteration of Mr. Toad's Wild Ride was the least complex out of all three, um, which includes, we'll get to it, the re, uh, the 71 version and then the 1983 redo. Yeah. Um, designed by Imagineers Bill Martin, Ken Anderson, Claude Coates, and Robert A. Matty, the version of the attraction that opened to the public along with the rest of Disneyland in July 55 contained the simplest gags, the least set pieces and characters, and with a duration of 98 seconds was the shortest in length. Wow, that's short. That's shorter than uh, Navi River Journey. Yeah. Way less complex, too. Mm -hmm. One notable quality of Mr. Toad's Wild Ride that was especially prevalent during its earliest years was the liberal use of painted plywood flats <laughs> in its interior sets. Yeah. It's Whereas still, its contemporary opening day fantasy and dark ride, Snow White and her adventures and Peter Pan's flight employed three-dimensional figures and sculpts for either the majority or at least a significant quantity of their interior scenery and characters, the various scenes of Mr. Toad's Wild Ride were rendered predominantly by means of two-dimensional flats with only a scarce presence of three-dimensional sculpts. More three-dimensional gags and scene details would be added in later updates, although the attraction has always remained overwhelmingly flat in appearance, despite the other Fantasyland dark rides having become considerably less so over the decades. Yeah, again, this was writing this and seeing how flat it was. Yeah, because it it's was, still like that. Yeah, it was uh, a lot of, why do people like this so much? Let me so be much? clear, I get it. Everything yeah. you're saying, I absolutely get. And there's probably a little bit of the maelstrom factor where it's gone, so people like it more because it's gone. I think that uh, yeah. has I think that has a lot to do yeah. with it, actually. Because they wouldn't have taken it out of Disney World if everybody loved it. Yeah. There's also, you know, we'll get to that, too. But it's at least, at the very least, was still kind of fun because it was kind of moving fast, you mm -hmm. know? Whereas, like... Universe of energy and you know, <laughs> world of motion. Boy, the world of motion didn't move that fast, I'll tell you. Yeah. But anyway. As with the 1955 incarnations of the Snow White and Peter Pan Dark Rides, the exterior facade of Mr. Toad's Wild Ride was fashioned to resemble a colorful medieval tournament tent, and its loading queue was located within a large opening in the front wall of the show building. Guests boarded their vehicles directly adjacent to a huge, elaborately painted mural spanning the entire front wall of the space, housing the interior scenes. This mural depicted both the cast of the film on which the ride was based, as well as the scenarios encountered within the attraction, including hell, if I recall. I love those murals. Some of them still exist, like the Peter Pan one's still there. Yeah. yeah. Hey, Epcot still has a mural. Yeah. It's smaller, <laughs> a spaceship Earth, but it's yeah. there. 
1961, Mr. Toad's Wild Ride received an assortment of new gags, scene details, and technical improvements. Among these were additional character flats, Molly <laughs> McBadger, and a human butler in Toad Hall, as well as Rafty, Ratty in front of the, one of the painted storefronts in the village scene, and a handful of new police officers, including one on a motorcycle. New crash doors, these being a construction barricade located in the village street and multiple breakaway flats of stacked crates and kegs in the warehouse. Improved crash doors in general and fully sculpted devils and red rocks <laughs> in the Helsing replacing the original flats. Good thing they, they sculpted the devils and not the, not the main characters. Yeah. The success of the improved Mr. Toad ride at Magic Kingdom encouraged Disney to revisit the original at Disneyland and upgrade it uh, as well in 1983. This was part of a larger overhaul of Fantasyland in general. While the ride still has only one track, it got some uh, pretty good improvements. New characters and scenes appear in the present ride based on parts of the movie. For instance, the ride includes a copy of Mr. Winky's Bar, like the Disney World version. Also, like the Magic Kingdom ride, the updated Disneyland version contains a courtroom, albeit with a judge rather than a police officer like Disney World's. In addition, the overall quality of the decor was improved too, with three-dimensional characters sometimes replacing previous two 2D cutouts. And they got one of the cars out front. You can sit in and take a picture. And I did yeah. that. It was great. I found it the other day. So, Michael, would you decide, like to take us through Walt Disney World's version that we remember? Sure. It's surprisingly different, yet also the same. So, Mr. Toad's Wild I Ride. that was going to be it. Thank you, Michael. <laughs> I should have just left it there. Yeah. Mr. Toad's Wild Ride was one of the Magic Kingdom's opening day attractions on October 1st, 1971. Hence this episode. Although it was modeled after the Disneyland attraction and reused the soundtrack and various sound effects from the attraction, it had some unique characteristics that set it apart from its California counterpart. The most obvious was that the Florida incarnation had two separate boarding areas. The vehicles, in the form of jalopies, in each boarding area were on separate tracks that followed different paths, so riders would get a slightly different ride depending on where they boarded. While the two tracks sometimes met briefly, they spun off in different directions letting you experience two different scenarios. One track would pass by a gypsy camp, for instance, while the other would throw you right into a fight between the weasels and the police. The best part was when, at several points in the ride, the two tracks converged in what looked like a head-on collision course. If the cars from both tracks left at around the same time, there was a chance they might nearly hit each other. Certainly an exciting experience. It was. I remember like some of the scenes where like you would see the other car like in yeah. the room. You're like, you didn't know if that was like your ride track later in the ride or if it was the other one yeah because yeah, they look the same one of the times we rode the matterhorn we we were timed yeah. really well with the other car and they were like it seemed like some me- near misses and yeah like i wish they would do that more often if they yeah. don't they don't time yeah, them probably yeah. don't want near misses i like the near misses i understand the, those dragons didn't duel anymore either no. kids like to be scared Walt Disney. <laughs> <laughs> so let's uh let's go through the two tracks Track 1, riders pass through the rural English countryside upon leaving Toad Hall's library, coming face-to-face with a few barnyard animals along the way and crashing through a chicken coop filled with squawking chickens. After passing through a tunnel with several warning signs, guests made a turn into a central plaza. Traveling around the turn, the vehicle passed a policeman signaling riders with his whistle. Guests then made a right-hand turn into the jail as the judge declared their riders guilty. Upon making a right-hand turn, the vehicles entered several jail cells. After winding through the cells, guests emerge out into the dark scene, passing by a shootout between the police and some weasels, using red lights to simulate gunfire. Instead of 
actual bullets, I guess. (laughs) (laughs) Several of the police barriers then moved aside, revealing a railroad crossing complete with a ringing bell. The gate then moved aside, and the vehicles made a right-hand turn onto the tracks. The vehicles traveled along the tracks until getting hit by a train, which I remember quite well, with riders seeing the headlight of the locomotive. It's that light coming toward you that I can't unsee. Yeah. (laughs) And like the really loud sound. What was the last thing you'll ever see at the time? A door then opened, revealing the hell scene. Afterwards, guests went through a door and arrived at the station. So weird. You're arrested, then given mm-hmm. the death penalty. It was actually a long ride for... Um, yeah, especially for, if it for has dark two tracks. Yeah. Like, you'd think it would be half as long because mm-hmm. they... Yeah. I mean, the Pooh ride now only takes up, like, half the show building of... Uh, oh, really? Yeah. Thanks, Bob Chapek. <laughs> Yeah, they had to make room for the Winnie the Pooh store, and I think there was a, another a quick service that wasn't there before. Ah. Track two. So from the boarding area to the plaza, track two passed through three scenes not seen on track one, Toad's trophy room, Toad Hall's kitchen, and a gypsy camp. After rounding the plaza, instead of entering the jail, guests continued on and entered Winky's Tavern. The vehicles made a right-hand turn, and guests could see the weasels hiding out in the tavern among the ale barrels. Following this, guests emerged into the countryside. Passing by Ratty's house, the vehicles reached a railroad crossing, complete with a ringing bell. It moved aside, and the vehicles made a left-hand turn onto the railroad tracks. And like track one, the headlights of the locomotive was visible before the train hit the riders. The hell scene on this track was a mirror image of the track one sequence. That's nice. Afterward, guests went through a door. Two tracks, same hell. Mm Mm-hmm. Like its counterpart at Disneyland, it was not a thrill ride, but it was not slow and quiet like most dark rides. It made sudden turns, and often the vehicle uh, would move at full speed towards an obstacle, which would move out of the way at the last second. See, this is what I'm talking about, though. When riding it again, sure, it doesn't have the animatronics, but it felt slightly carnival ride dangerous at times. Like, this... We're going a little fast for these little cars. And this, this little, is a wild ride. This tiny little track, mm-hmm. you know? And it is so a tiny track. It <laughs> is. When you look at it, it's yeah. like, it felt, it feel, does feel more like a carnival ride, more than mm-hmm. like a real, like, Disney dark ride. So, I don't know. It felt slightly more dangerous. It was also a very stylized attraction and resembled a cartoon more than any other Disney ride. It contained highly ornate plywood characters and sets that were very reminiscent of the multiplane camera work featured in many Disney films. I literally just put that whole sentence in just for the uh, <gasps> multiplane camera. camera. We need to have a sound or something every time we talk about multiplane camera work on the podcast. You'll see some Here's of that, one. <laughs> you'll see some of that same stuff in the Winnie the Pooh ride that they have the animatronics too, but there's some scenes that are it's just like plywood things moving out of the way yeah. to kind of block your view. Unsanded plywood. <laughs> Unsanded plywood. Uh, plywood's getting a bad rap in this episode. Plywood's great, guys. All right. And it was gold for a while. Yeah. I guess we'll have to bring back the cannons because it's time to talk about the closure oh. of the Magic Kingdom version. So during the 1990s, under then-CEO Michael Eisner's management, the Disney parks went through some significant budget cuts. Attractions considered outdated or too costly were removed or replaced with new rides believed to be more marketable. Such was the case with Disney World's version of Mr. Toad's Wild Ride. Even before closing, the ride had lost some of its appeal as the new emphasis on efficiency, pushing riders through, limited the potential for near crash gags between the two tracks. Yet the ride was still very popular for visitors, with the upgrade to four passenger cars in 1993 boosting ride capacity. But then Disney decided to close Magic Kingdom's version for good. However, the fans didn't let Mr. Toad go down that easily. 
the end. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Let me just go ahead and say what about this next part. Calm down first internet people. Yeah. <laughs> just message boards. Message board. Well, in 97, I don't know. Yeah. I guess. Yeah. AOL chat room people. Yeah. In 1997, Disney tentatively released a statement that they were considering replacing Mr. Toad's Wild Ride with a Winnie the Pooh-themed attraction at the Magic Kingdom. That's that's a really funny sentence because it's like, hey guys, what do you think if we just uh, put a Winnie the Pooh attraction? Oh, that's nice. We'll just replace Mr. Toad's on ride. What? <laughs> yeah, Winnie the Pooh. Yeah, but what was the second part? I don't know. <laughs> Something. The initial statement was vague and indecisive, neither confirming for sure this would happen nor saying when specifically the ride would close. But when the Orlando Sentinel released the article on October 22, 1997, fans were outraged. Only a day after the initial news broke, John LaFont and later Jeff Moskett started up a Save the Toad webpage. Ooh, a webpage. The site contained an electronic toad hall for fans to leave comments as well as a mailing list for subscribers. And don't worry, that was just the start. Let me just say, in 97, that's, you know, that's kind of cool. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, what else are you going to do? A sit-in? CNN.com yeah. started in 96. Send yeah. letters, a letter campaign. Mm-hmm. So fans distributed their own shirts, posters, and other materials to publicize the issue, turning the closing into a national and international spectacle. I don't know about that, <laughs> but okay. International <laughs> spectacle. It was Canada. It was probably. bigger than the Olympics. Participants in the Save the Toad campaign regularly conducted peaceful toad-ins at Disney World. People came from all over the country and gathered outside the Magic Kingdom attraction. Wearing their protest outfits, the dedicated fans rode the attraction and shared their concerns with other guests. Though the protesters were overall polite, their numbers worried Disney enough to station guards around their ride. You don't ruin other people's vacations by telling them, by protesting outside their attractions. Like, I get that you yeah. want to keep your attraction, but like, you're interfering with other people's vacations. Yeah. I don't care for that. It's still the same thing with anything today. You know, like... They can just do it without leaving their house. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yes. Just put it on Twitter. It's yep. fine. However, despite numerous fans showing the continuing appeal of Mr. Toad's Wild Ride, that wasn't enough to dissuade Disney. On September 2nd, 1998, fans announced in newspapers that they learned the ride would close in less than a week on September 8th. In fact, Magic Kingdom's ride closed on September 7th, 1998. Dang. <laughs> Many fans were understandably upset at the incredibly short final notice. Tons of fans still turned out on the closing day to ride the whimsical two-track attraction one last time. Now they're like, we're going to eventually retheme Splash Mountain. Better ride it while you can. Get all the merchandise. <laughs> Michael's still riding Spaceship Earth for the last yeah. time before it goes. It would have closed if there hadn't been a pandemic. I hear it was you. supposed to close Memorial Tell that Day. Tell the Mary Poppins attraction, too. The pandemic named yeah. Bob Chapek. Oh, you know what's funny? There'll be somebody who thinks you're not being serious. Who thinks you're being serious. Oh, yeah. yeah. Yes, yeah. everyone. We know that the pandemic is worse than Bob Chapek. <laughs> I think generally we're pretty okay with Bob Chapek. Uh, yeah. I, I've had a really good time the last couple of years at the parks. <laughs> you know, Bob yeah. Chapek was the president of the parks previous. Yeah. yeah. Like all I, that stuff you love, I like. Yeah. I like Galaxy's Edge a whole lot. Yeah. It's my favorite land in all of Disney parks. Bob Iger turned up for the uh, photo opportunity walkthroughs. That sounds fine. Oh, and we have a Bantha pit. <laughs> <laughs> Cut that out to budget cuts, sir. <laughs> to be fair, that's not saying I that we don't know. think there could be some 
changes made to Walt no, Disney World. No, nothing's perfect. But um, it's also not literal hell, like at the end of. <laughs> yeah, Chateau's I Wild also Ride. don't think it's one person. Yeah, that should know, deserve yeah. all the blame. But I'm looking forward to trying Genie Plus. <laughs> if it makes me get through rides faster and lines faster, I don't know, man. Yeah. We'll find out. It'll be interesting to see if it has the same legacy as Mr. Toad's oh, Wild I Ride. See what you're doing there, yeah. Speaking of legacy, despite the replacement of Mr. Toad's Wild Ride at the Magic Kingdom, you can still find signs of Toad at the park. In the Owl's portion of the new ride, you can find several fun paintings depicting Toad and his friends interacting with the Pooh characters. In fact, one painting has Toad symbolically hand over the Toad Hall deed to Owl, representing the change in the ride. I've made this joke many times, but Pooh actually has a knife to his back <laughs> while he's doing that. Give it here. Also, the We pe- gotta make this legal. <laughs> also, the pet cemetery by the Hana Mansion includes a small statue of Toad. Try not to ponder on the implications too deeply and just appreciate the thought instead. Plus, the Magic Kingdom's cast member facilities include a room dubbed the J. Thaddeus Toad Memorial Room. That's nice. That is nice. That is Is it a conference room, I wonder? It doesn't say. I don't know. I'd never heard that before (laughs) today, actually. J. Thaddeus Toad. At our office, the conference rooms are named after people, so that would be amazing if it was the J. Thaddeus Toad (laughs) conference room. I'll I'll try to at work try to get ours renamed. Yeah, I wonder what it was named before that, or if it was just like conference room D or something, or if it had a different name. We also don't know that it's a conference room. The steam pipe trunk distribution venue. It it could be the bathroom. We don't. It does. It just says it's a room. Could have been the Swan Boat Memorial Room. Sure. Strangely enough, there is no Toad Ride at Disneyland Paris, though the park does feature the similarly themed Toad Hall restaurant. There's also no uh, Toad Ride at any of the other Disney parks. Yeah. Sorry if that was kind of strange copy. I did some copy pasting around folks. It makes sense though. I mean, internationally, no one would know what a Mr. Toad is. But they did a Toad Hall restaurant. Yeah. Well, I guess because it took place in the English countryside. It's in Paris. But it's close. Tell that to the (laughs) Parisians. Yeah. Maybe they designed it before they knew where they were going to (laughs) land. Maybe so. (laughs) I mean, yeah. (laughs) <laughs> his how's dessert there is it just hell <laughs> like a, the bill comes and it's on fire it's prunes I ooh. yeah mushed up prunes we talked about this before but it's interesting of from the film The Adventures of Ichabod and Mr. Toad that they chose Mr. Toad to make an attraction of and not the uh, exciting the sleepy hollow with a good song and like <laughs> yeah no no sleepy hollow was not good either it was me, better no, than Mr. Toad. Just, the I, last song was good. It was so good. And when, the, the chase. When after he got over the to the bridge. Yeah, but when he's running through. Yeah, when he's. But there was 45 minutes of dancing and uh, yeah, weird stuff. But then the song. So I mean, the good. whole movie was only an hour, but. It felt like it, it had pacing problems. <laughs> it did. It, yeah. But I was so sad. Again, wait, to redo anything from that episode. But the, the toad parts. Yeah, I did good. not care no. for. I will say. I still enjoy that attraction at Disneyland and mostly I'd say it's probably you know 75 25 nostalgia but it's a fun little ride yeah for I what mean, it I is st- I still like the Snow White and the Pinocchio attractions there like it's Pinocchio was kind of meh for me but Pinocchio is also a very odd movie yeah overall. I just like dark rides and the, and I do too while these are still there like it's good to they're be able to enjoy them. yeah yeah not to be one of those people but um I really like that Disneyland just jammed in more and more of the dark rides and didn't like tear them out and put other stuff in. Yeah. Like, you, cause you really can go through, go down like a, 
uh, memory lane, basically, of, of all these. Yeah. You have the Snow White, Alice in Wonderland, Toad, uh, Pinocchio. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it was just, I, I was very surprised at their fantasy land. How Dumbo. many, yeah. how many of those things were just like, yeah. And like that train ride other. and that little boat ride that are not good, Yeah, but mm-hmm. they're there. I like that little boat ride. Cause I, I, like, I didn't I go like on little it. Was, it was yeah. down when we were there. I like the train oh. ride too. We waited in line for the train ride for a solid 20 minutes. Yeah, that's a long and didn't line. Move and train. it's like, you know what? Let's get ice cream. Let's go. Casey's train. Casey's the one that was on a lawnmower. We didn't, we never ended up actually doing it, but we did get ice cream. One thing that, uh, to your point that Disneyland seems to do with the dark, their fantasy land is when the attraction is becoming less popular or whatever, something's wrong with it or whatever. Instead of replacing it, they just redo it. Like, yeah. Yeah. like they did that recently with Snow White. Like it's been redone to yeah. make it more appealing. Um, changing like the tone of it and stuff and but remember it's a different market too yeah disneyland appeals to disneyland fans disney world appeals to disney fans around the world like they're coming for one time ever these people have been if it's your first visit to disneyland it's that doesn't happen a lot you know right like for the the majority of guests at walt disney world it's their first visit yeah you know and only visit so i that makes a lot of sense too and uh, for all the railing like against mr toe excuse me from winnie the pooh and everything it's a lovely ride it's a nice little dark ride i like it it's it's objectively better than mr toad's wild ride yeah it's fine i also like it more than not this competition but i like it more than the winnie the pooh ride at disneyland yeah, I don't really recall the differences, honestly. I remember it's you loaded similar. outside. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That, I do like that part. And it that was where Country Bears were there, right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I don't really remember any of the difference. I don't, I don't they had know. two theaters for Country Bears there. Oh, nice. Yeah. And then now they have none. Right. Yeah. All right. Well, if you have fond memories of Mr. Toad's Wild Ride, uh, you can send those in to us in a variety of ways, which I will list here. Or if you have nightmares because of the mm-hmm. light bulb coming toward you. Or tell me I'm not alone. <laughs> if you don't <laughs> care one way or the other. We just want to hear from you. Uh, you can find us online at tfppodcast.com. We're on Instagram and Reddit at slash tfppodcast. We're on Twitter at tfp underscore podcast. You can subscribe, rate, and review us on your favorite podcatcher. We have some pretty awesome t-shirts at shop.tfppodcast.com and some exclusive Patreon only content that's available to you if you support the show on patreon.com slash TFP podcast. That is all I got. Anything else? Nope. Well, now I really want to go on Mr. Toad's Wild Ride. Merrily, merrily. Soon. Mer- Isn't that, I don't even remember the yeah, song. Merrily, merrily. Yeah, merrily, merrily. We should listen to more of the songs after we record, Michael. I'm going to watch a YouTube video of that's your Ted's Wild Ride. I'm going to watch Hawkeye. <laughs> it's also real good. <laughs> Allstate was the sponsor, by the way, of Mr. Ted's Wild Ride. Oh, is that right? <laughs> well, thanks for... You're in good hands. <laughs> thanks to Allstate. And thanks for listening. We'll see you real soon. Will will give us the latest news. Nope. Nope. Thanks, Jason. Those are some small talk... The- mm. <laughs> But cue the cannons for number three. Bob Iger is leaving the Walt Disney World. Bob Iger is (laughs) leaving. He is leaving this Walt Disney World of ours. I've never heard of Mr. Toad's Wild Ride, nor have I been on it. So I'm going to go put together Legos. You've been on it. You are in for a treat, sir. (laughs) Since it's the holiday season, do you know what the spotlight is? What?
Rudolph's nose. Mm. The creepy mm. one from the stop motion that made that sound. Wow. 